We are the FBC Paris, which is um, a feminist book club um, that was started in, back in March 2018, when I realized that I was having lots and lots of interesting conversations with my friends, with my girlfriends, um, about all the books we were reading. And so I thought, okay, why don't I just get a group of random friends together who all like reading and we'll have a book club. So we did that, we met in the Marais and we read The Power by Naomi Alderman, which um, I would highly recommend for a first uh, book club session. It was pretty good and got everybody talking. Um, and since then, um, we've moved to Shakespeare and Company, the bookshop uh, just opposite Notre Dame. So we meet there once every month. Um, and it's been a really nice way to grow our community and to get more diverse voices at the table um, and to get more opinions going because it's a real mix of people. Uh, we get some kind of more academic type profiles. We get newbies to feminism. Um, we've had a couple of men in sessions. So we just hope to keep growing um, that safe space and nurturing our community to come and talk about yeah, intersectional feminist literature. And also, I think what's important to us, um, so maybe you'll understand a bit better why we, we built this book club. I think there's so many people and um, that are using the word intersectional feminism and it's, it's, it's a bit difficult to find the real definition of it. What does it mean? And I think sometimes there's like, um, too much of use of it, so we try to redefine what really is intersectional feminism, try to get out of this like white and privileged feminism that we tend to stay into. So we're trying to uh, be really diverse, as diverse as possible in terms of formats, so um, uh, reading as much uh, essay, novels, uh, cartoons, uh, all formats possible, and also in terms of topics. So it would go from um, classic Virginia Woolf to a new Brittany Cooper um, amazing book on rage and on black feminism, um, trying to cover the topics also of trans identity, uh, queer, uh, what actually is gender, um, well, there's so much to say. There's, there's so many topics, but just so that it gives you a little hint of what we, we try to cover. So we um, have the FPC podcast, which is two episodes per month. Uh, so one of the episode formats is that we will invite um, an author um, to come and talk to us about their book that they've recently published. So we'll kind of go and explore a bit deeper with them why they uh, felt the need to write this, the publishing process, what it's bringing in terms of diversity. Uh, and then the second format is basically what you're going to see today. It's Camille and I talking about our monthly reading list, so what we've been reading recently, how we've kind of found this, and maybe if we've got a bit of time, what we're looking forward to reading as well in the future. So since I'm French and she's English, uh, I picked only French books. <laughs> First book I've read and really loved this summer, it's uh, Corps Trans, Corps Queer, so Trans Body, Queer Body. It's many people gathering to explore more about trans identity, but also gender. And in this third edition, they talk about um, queer and the way we perceive queer and trans identities through art. For example, there's this writer that talks about um, the Arabic um, queerization of women's bodies. 
There's also a chapter on um, drag kings. There's also um, there's all different type of arts, and it, it also like it's interesting because it gives a background on where queer is from, how it really impacted um, the political aspect of LGBTQ um, fights. Yeah, so it kind of gives a, a, a global view on, it's not just focused on uh, French-speaking. No, not at all. It's, okay. like, it, it's written in French and it's collected by French people for this French organization, but it actually interviews many people from all around the world. Um, and it's quite inspiring to see how in um, French place, UK, America, but also in place like Liban, Queer bodies, uh, just the word queer is perceived so differently. Yeah, because I suppose as well from uh, a legal standpoint, it's in terms of queer rights and identity, it must be very different from place to place. So I, I just loved it. Okay, cool. Thanks for sharing. And it looks quite um, slim as well. It's slim, it's super cool, and we'll pass around the books. Uh, I can already pass it around if you guys want to have a look. Ooh. Your turn. <laughs> my, my turn, okay. Um, the book I'm going to talk about first is My Past is a Foreign Country by Ziva Talkani. Um, I came across this book as I come across a lot of books, actually, uh, via Instagram. And I would highly recommend you follow the author because she, she works in publishing and she ha always has fantastic um, intersectional reading, recommend, re reading recommendations. Yeah, so it's a memoir about her life. So Zuba Talkani um, is Indian by birth, but she grew up in Saudi Arabia. And so it follows her childhood and her relationship with her parents. Um, there's a very complicated mother-daughter dynamic. Um, and she's really someone who always goes against the norms that are put on her, either by her culture or her faith. Um, so it's, it really appealed in that sense because that's something that we kind of look for, um, people who push against the norms and, and defy what society tries and puts on them. So she decides that she really wants to get um, a higher education and she's going to be more than just um, uh, an individual to be married off and depend upon a man and produce lots of children for him and run a household. Every step of the way, she has to push her parents to get them to let her go to university in India. Um, her dad really wants her to be a lawyer. Um, he's just like, why would you want to do journalism? That's not a career. So she has to push every step of the way. She goes to university in India. Then she finishes up her degree in Germany. And she finally ends up doing an MA in publishing at Cambridge, uh, not the actual Cambridge University, but the other one that's in the same city. And she just learned so much about the world and about feminism and how to align her faith and her feminism and how to understand that on her own terms. And for example, she didn't know, like before she got to university in Europe, she didn't know about things like LGBTQ um, or what AIDS was um, or the Holocaust because her life had been so, so kind of sheltered and narrow. So she discovers this world. She's like a sponge. She's totally soaking it up. And whilst all this is going on, she's dealing with hair loss. So she's losing her hair as a young person, as a woman. Her parents are distraught, especially her mum, because she is so worried that 
in terms of marriageability. Uh, Zebra is just going down and down and down, and no one will really want to marry her. And I found it a really, really positive um, account because I, I, I do sometimes feel that there can be kind of like a misery porn, a trauma porn of, you know, imagining that um, women in different parts of the world uh, are just kind of suffering every day. And just and, victimized also. And victimized, absolutely, and that there's no joy. And so I think part of what's really extraordinary about this book is kind of how ordinary her experience is. Like, she wants the same things that a lot of people want. Yeah. Um, so it was very uplifting and a lot of joy and... Um, it has a happy ending, like she meets a guy on her own terms and gets married and now works in publishing, which is fantastic because we need people like her in, in that industry, which is very kind of white, middle-class male, so, yeah. Uh, it made me think of, maybe not, but from what you say, f uh, it makes me think of educated. I think it's the access to education, isn't it? Like, yeah. education is something that can so quickly be denied to women. Um, and it, you know, like sometimes it's not even a, a right, like girls can't go to school. So yeah, definitely in terms of two different experiences of how, how females um, made it and got the education that they wanted. Um, I think like in, in this one, there was a lot more um, having to fight a lot more. Yeah. Um, and, and she also really learns how to accept things about herself, so accept her hair loss, accept that she's a bit of an outsider everywhere she goes, accept the type of people that she really shouldn't spend time with because they're actually yeah. being racist and aggressive towards her. So I think it's a really kind of, she talks about showing herself, um, like being self-radical in terms of the love that she shows herself. And so it was very, very joyous because she completely took everything into her own hands. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really positive. And there were funny bits, there were kind of sad bits as well, obviously, like her, her relationship with her parents was, yeah, really, really complicated. Like, it, I mean, I'm sure we can all understand that to yeah. some extent. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was, I would highly recommend. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Maybe we can we pass it around. Yeah, sure. Cool. So next book I really loved, uh, Reading, so cool. Uh, I'm like this with all of them. How did you find it? So this one, I read um, an article in Liberation, it's a French newspaper. It was an interview about this guy, Richard Memeto. And the guy was so funny and so raw in his speaking that I was like, I need to buy this book, it sounds amazing. So basically, is a young philosopher. Um, he's studying, well, he studied gender, so many things. Thing is, since he's young and he's modern and he's amazing, he demystifies psychology and like use simple words, use modern references to talk about mindsets, bias, bias, all these things. And so he wrote this book called Sex Friend, how to mess up your life in the digital era. So the, the title sounds like speaking for everyone, I think, but it covers so many different topics. Like for example, um, well, on dating apps, how it changed our perception of people's body, people interaction, how we meet people differently and how our relationship are organized as in catalogs, like magazines in some ways. Um, 
But over all this cliche, it also talks about how you fetishize um, someone and you could be racist, for example, without wanting one, like, oh, I love black girls, oh, I love Asian girls. How this is all constructed, how all these things you love are actually influenced in so many ways. So it's actually really interesting. And it's not to tell you that you're bad and you're racist and you're just like super cliche, but it just helps you understand all the mental bias we have. Um, it also talks about um, fluids, all the taboos over fluids, the many fluids we have, body fluids. Um, how, um, so since it's about the digital age, he talks a little bit about porn and all the fluids exaggeration, um, what the meaning uh, is on it, how it's so not real, how it creates taboos and also um, complex. Um, it, it talks about the sex market in terms of just like dating, 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 this new model of just dating and not like getting too established in modern societies before you're like at least 35. Otherwise, you're just like missing something from your youth. <laughs> well, it's, it's what society tells you in, in some ways. So basically, and it's written like so funnily, I don't have the other word to say that, but it's, it's funny, it's raw, it's not shocking, it's not aggressive, and it's not telling you you're a bad person also. It's not accusing. It's not putting people in cases uh, or boxes. Um, but it's highlighting just stuff. Just helping you think about things a yeah. little bit better. And you're just like, I never thought of this. Uh, quite true. Um, I hope it's going to be translated. It probably English. will because there's been many interviews of uh, this person. Um, when did it come out? Like six or eight months ago. Oh yeah. Okay. It was, it's really recent, but and it's not too hard to read. So if you're not French, uh, but give it a try because it's uh, refreshing. It feels good. Cool. Thanks.